wax dripping honey what do you say i got a brand new record that i want to play and that record is from the band aerosmith and it is brought to you this week by pop rock and radio ken knapsack's pop rock and radio the big hits album cuts and b-sides from the rock and roll and pop world that make up the soundtracks of our lives look for live shows and make requests sing dance and celebrate the music with the pop rock and radio community which features uh, a lot of fine folks, including myself, Corey Morset, and my broadcasting partner here tonight, John Mariano. How's it going, John? It is going spectacular, my friend. I just had the best meatball parm hero before we got on the show tonight. I am, I'm, I'm sorry if it repeats on me a little bit during this episode, <laughs> but my God, it was, it was, it was on garlic bread. I, I couldn't begin to tell you how good it tasted. Oh, you bastard! I am so hungry. I haven't had supper yet, and you're making me hungrier. John is a tremendous cook for, for folks that don't know. And I, I can just imagine the glory and wonder that is a John Mariano meatball parm. That sounds just amazing. I know it sounds amazing, but, 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 and I appreciate the plug on, on the cooking, but the reality is it came from the um, pizza place over here and the delivery guy brought it and it was still warm. And my God, like, I love when you open the paper up and, and the cheese sticks a little bit to the paper as you open it up. And uh, it's just so good. All right. I'm going to leave. You can cover this song yourself. I'm heading to Long Island. I, I need to get me a meatball parm at this point. That sounds no, too good. No, man. Uh, uh, look, we're, we're working on this mixtape. We're working really hard. We get, we're getting our way to magic number 18. So that way we can get to 19 and start knocking some of these songs off. Yep. And, and, and really starting to see what the show is all about. Um, you, you know, we have, we have some solid tracks. I finally got a song last week. And um, I, I did the victory laps for three hours after the show around my house, banging pots and pans. My neighbors called the cops. It was incredible. But I was just, the cops came and like, what happened? Like the, the guys picked my song and they had no idea what I was talking about. And then you told them it was the other side and they were like, oh, we get it. Yeah. We get it. You heard the other side. It's all good. I mean, I was singing the other side, but I'm pretty sure it, it was indecipherable and they had no idea what I was saying. It was like, it was like a really bad Will Ferrell movie moment. I, I, I understand. I, I, I can picture this, and it, it warms my heart to see you running around your house singing The Other Side by Aerosmith. Great song, great show last week, John. One of my favorites from Pump. But that still leaves us with six songs on the dice. Uh, should I just uh, recap them for the folks here? You should, you should recap them this way the folks know. The goal here is to build a mixtape, um, so that way we can hand it off to somebody who's never listened to the band before and kind of say, this is who we think Aerosmith is and fall in love with them. And that's, that's all we're trying to do. And we're re re revisiting a lot of the so songs in doing that. We have about th 300 episodes to go. We have like, we have at least 290 more to go at this point. And each, each week we have six songs on the die. Corey picks three. I pick three. We roll the dice and see what comes up. Corey, what are those songs? The current songs on the die include chip away the stone. Rats in the Cellar, Jailbait, Permanent Vacation, Walk on Water, and new from last week, Sick as a Dog from Rocks. So, John, if you're ready to hop right into it, I'm ready to roll this dice and see what we get. I'm primed to listen to some Aerosmith here. Please do, my friend. All right, here we go. We are going to get Jailbait. This is a song uh, from uh, Rock in a Hard Place, which is not... Uh, a well-known Aerosmith album is probably their, their deepest cut uh, way back when. This is uh, 1982. The album went gold. 
Uh, but this is uh, the only album to not feature Joe Perry and Brad Whitford. And I, I'm familiar with this song, and I, I enjoy this song. I do love Joe Perry. I do love Brad Whitford. And I'm going to leave it at that, and let's see what we actually think of the song. And I put it on here because, like, we have to cover all these songs at some point. I'm thinking, Rock in a Hard Place, let, let, let's not pick the single from this album, which was Lightning Strikes, or the single everybody knows anyway. There was another song called A Bitch's Brew, uh, which is also released from this album, which I don't recall at all. I but, actually like Bitch's Brew, and that might be one you? of the next ones I put on the die. Yeah. Uh, Jailbait was the first cut off of Rock in a Hard Place. It's written by Steven Tyler and Jimmy Crespo. Uh, Jimmy Crespo and Richie Supa are the two guitar players that took over for Brad Whitford and Joe Perry. And I'm sure you agree with me, Ron, uh, John, a lot of the magic of Aerosmith is, is those five guys. So w- whenever you take two of them away and bring in two new guys, as good as they are, um, it may not kind of work as well. Yeah, and th- this is a band that with like a 50-year career. And most bands don't keep the band together most of the time. When, when you look at it, the, the faces change significantly over the years. This is kind of like the brown out or, 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 or the, the stutter step that, that Aerosmith makes in their career. Yeah, you're very uh, true. And I got to correct myself right off the hop. I said Richie Supa was in the band. He wasn't. He just co-wrote uh, Lightning Strikes. Uh, the band at this uh, moment in their history was Steven Tyler, Tom Hamilton, Joy Kramer, Jimmy Crespo, and Rick Dufay, uh, who played rhythm guitar, uh, credited as a band member, but does not play. But he's still kind of in the lineup at, at this point. So uh, a really kind of a weird moment for Aerosmith. I know Steven Tyler was really big into drugs at this point. This album was produced by uh, Jack Douglas again, Steven Tyler, and, and Tony Bon Jovi, uh, who uh, folks might remember as being a relative of one John Bon Jovi, who uh, would go on to some great acclaim uh, a few years later. I think we need to get, get to it. Well, let's start uh, listening to Jailbait uh, from 1982's Rock in a Hard Place. So we got a nice uh, up-tempo intro to the song here, John. What do you think? I I, I feel like the band is going 150 miles per hour. If it, it, it feels like um, there was this roller coaster down in Florida for Universal Studios called the Hulk. And it's made to make you feel like like Bruce Banner turns into the Hulk and launches you out at like 70 miles an hour off the bat. And I feel like that's what the song is doing right now. It goes like zero to sixty or zero to seventy in the blink of an eye. And and um, I, I, I love the way they're cooking right now. That great album opener. Like you want to start off with, with a big statement or that. And you had Steven Tyler singing, take me, take me, take me outside. And maybe, baby, take me, take me, take me, take me. Uh, you know, not a lot lyrically there, but j- just a nice drive from the band here. And um, again, you know, Jimmy Crespo, uh, Rick Dufay, um, you know, sound great. Uh, even though, uh, according to Wikipedia, he was credited as a band member, but didn't did not play. So I don't know if it's 
Jimmy Crespo, who's doubling up rhythm and, and lead here. Um, Brad uh, Whitford played on one track. He played on Lightning Strikes. Uh, I don't see any other listed musicians for Jailbait. So if this isn't Rick Dufay, it's Jimmy Crespo doing both. But, um, you know, you, you got the core of the band sounding pretty good here, I think, right off the hop. What do you think he's referring to when he's singing about jailbait there, John? I'm afraid that it's probably something that is no longer appropriate for him to sing about in the <laughs> year 20. It wasn't appropriate back then, but maybe it, it was looked, looked past. I think this is kind of something that Steven Tyler gets canceled about nowadays. And, you know, he's had some promiscuous past and he's had some questionable decisions in his life. And I have a feeling he's talking about underage girls. And I, I don't necessarily um, think that they're mincing words here. And, you know, it's a, it's a good track and the music's good, but, but the subject matter might be questionable. It might be like listening to like Kip Winger at this point. I know what song you're referring to when you say Kip Winger too. Of course, Winger did a song called uh, 17, where the main lyric in the chorus is, she's only 17. Daddy says she's too young, but she's old enough for me. That song does not age well. Uh, yeah. And neither do the lyrics of Jailbait. Uh, take it or leave it on a Saturday night. If what you see is what you get, then give me a bite. Hear a lot of ladies, they is real insecure. Leave it to the boys and the fool on the hill. Uh, so, yeah, musically, uh, I, I dig this song, but lyrically, it, it does not age well. No, ly ly lyrically, this is the kind of, kind of song I'd want to take them out back and work them over a little bit. So you can almost say this is Aerosmith at one of their lowest points, right? Because, you know, uh, Toys in the Attic, of course, was, was a big hit. And then everything kind of, after Rocks, kind of dropped down for them to the point where Joe Perry left, Brad Whitford left. Uh, so it's 1982. They're, they're desperately clinging to whatever popularity they had, uh, which they got by touring uh, through throughout the 70s. Like, they toured everywhere. And, and that's how they built their following. But Steven Tyler was so messed up at this point he was collapsing on stage a lot. Like uh, the, the shows weren't great. And uh, you know, this is Aerosmith kind of at their, if we had Aerosmith last week at their highest point, this is maybe Aerosmith at their lowest point. No. And what's, what's crazy to me is what, like when you think of the era of music, right. It's kind of a good thing for the history of music that Aerosmith has this low because they were riding such a high 
in the 70s that have they continued you know there's only so much room on the charts for songs and for, for albums right and, and like Molly Crew starts to come out and Def Leppard starts to come out and we start getting into the, the, the those big hair bands of the 80s that kind of usher, usher in the era and I think this lull helps leave an opening that leads to that it's interesting. I'm just reading a quote here from Joey Kramer uh, that he put in his autobiography called Hit Hard, a story of hitting rock bottom at the top. Uh, and Joey Kramer says, and I quote, the record doesn't suck. There's some really good stuff on it, but it's not a real Aerosmith record because it's just me, Steven and Tom with a fill-in guitar player. It's Jimmy Crespo doing all the guitar work. And, and, and that's kind of how I feel listening to this track in particular. This, this is the lead off track uh, off of Rock in a Hard Place. So this is what a what they thought was one of their better up-tempo songs to kick off this album. And musically, I think it's right there. Uh, lyrically, uh, with the benefit of 40 years of hindsight, uh, we, we can say, you know, uh, maybe it doesn't work, but back in 82? You know you know what? But even, even with musically, it is missing some stank on it. It, really, it really is. Like, it, it, it's, it's astute guitar playing. I mean that in 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 the best way possible but it's not next level guitar playing that we're used to yeah it, it, it's competent it's good guitar playing but it's not joe perry brad whitford guitar playing the, right th those two working together uh some of the best guitar sounds you're going to hear on a rock and roll record it's uh, also Crespo, great guitar player but he's by himself and it's not quite carrying that same weight no no, no. and and, and Perry, Perry and Whitford are also doing a tango most of the time yeah. where they're dancing around each other. And with one guitarist, you can't do that no matter how much studio play you're doing. And even with two guitarists, you got to try to match the chemistry. And, you know, not many dance the tango as well as those two. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting. I read this, this quote here from a Canadian journalist, Martin Popoff. He describes the album as a bit patchy with highlights being jailbait, lightning strikes, and Joni's Butterfly, and the rest variously lumbering, untuneful, and forced. But although Aerosmith could barely function at this point in their career, they never made a bad record. And I haven't listened to a ton of Rock in a Hard Place in a long time. I've listened to, I've heard Jailbreak come up uh, in the playlist every once in a while. Lightning Strikes is a song I generally enjoy, but everything else on this album, the other eight songs, uh, I have no idea because I haven't heard them in forever. So... Uh, one of the things I find exciting about this podcast is that we're going to have to listen to Bitches Brew and Bolivian Ragamuffin and Crimea River and Prelude to Joni and all this stuff that I haven't heard since probably the early 80s. Oh, and there's good stuff in it, but kind of like late Aerosmith, like 2012 Aerosmith, it's, it, it's very much missing the pieces. It's not the band working at the, the, the height of their powers. You need all five uh, to kind of make the magic happen. And here we have three of them. It doesn't suck, but it's not necessarily Aerosmith either. Of all the Aerosmith lyrics, I'm going to take exception with. Okay, tell your daddy how you do me. Put the woodshed, do it to me, jailbait. Yeah, 
might be my least favorite and probably in some of the worst taste Aerosmith lyrics out there. Yeah, I agree. There's really not much more you can say about that. Even in 82, you're listening to the song, you're thinking, geez, that's kind of creepy. And, and in uh, 2022, it's really creepy. It, 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 it was never in good taste. It was overlooked or, 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 or not cared about. And we're not, look, we're not the politically correct podcast, but we, we, we got to call it like we see it. And sometimes, sometimes you, you order some bad Chinese food and you feel terrible the next day. And that's kind of how I'm feeling about the song right now. Yeah. Take it, leave it, roll the dice. You saw it as hell. I'm cold as ice. Oh, JLB. Uh, yeah. Not great, Stephen. Not great. So not really a guitar solo there. We just kind of had a little bridge section there with uh, Stephen Tyler saying, do me, do you, tell me, would you see me or see in me to do me, do you. Um, I, I, I kind of miss a guitar solo there. I don't think we needed uh, a I, little lyrical interlude. I, I, I don't feel like we were going to get a guitar solo here with, with this, this cast of characters. And, and I think that's something that off of most of these songs, if not all of these songs on this album, will be something that's woefully miss, missing and making probably this entire album easy, easy like misses for, for the mixtape. Yeah, and maybe that's why I, I originally put it on here because we're going to have to cover this album eventually. Uh, this is one of the songs I just remembered. I was kind of saving Lightning Strikes because that's the song I know and like uh, from Rock in a Hard Place, but... Um, what do you think Jimmy Crespo's uh, contribution was to this song? Because he co-wrote seven of the 10 songs on this album. Uh, it, it almost feels like Steven Tyler's trying to recapture something he had with Joe Perry back when they were the Toxic Twins in the 70s. Um, but he wouldn't give Jimmy Crespo a solo either. I mean, I, I feel like that's kind of like what you're trying to capture on this po podcast by trying to do something without Mark. <laughs> I don't know if I would agree with that, John. You're, you're, you're kind of the star of the show here. I'm just, uh, yeah. I'm pressing the button. Uh, I, I am your Jimmy Crespo and you just haven't realized. <laughs> oh gosh. No, 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 no. I, I, I wouldn't agree with that at all. If anything, uh, I'm the Richie Supa. Uh, I'm the guy who co-wrote one song on this album and, and did nothing else. I mean, we're basically Crespo and Supa. And, and all, all I know is that you interrupted the meatball hero so we could hear this song. So why don't we finish it so I can get back to that hero? <laughs> Okay, we got a bit of 29 left. We'll, we'll just let her play so you can finish yourself.
and I know we're in the middle of the outro here, but I had I had I had to stop it. This feels like sometimes when you have like a, a director or something who's left unchecked by their producer, like the producer doesn't help them with with, with a movie, and they're just left to their own devices, and you end up with like a four or five hour director's cut that goes nowhere. This this kind of feels like that is like this feels like Steven Tyler unchecked. There, there, there is not no, nobody to rein him in, but nobody for him to play with, right? And 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 that's not a knock on the other members of Aerosmith, but he he plays a lot with his voice and the guitars, and there's not a lot of that interweaving here. He's just trying to power through it and overcompensate for what's missing. It's true, and God, there's so much to say about uh, this is a band essentially broken up. Aside from Joey Kramer and Tom Hamilton, still giving it their all. Uh, Joe Perry left in 1979 uh, after incidents at the World Series of Rock in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Brad Whitford left in 81 uh, after uh, recording Lightning Strikes, uh, the one single off the song that I know, replaced by Rick Dufay uh, when the recording of the album was finally complete. Uh, I don't know if they toured much or very long after this album. Uh, this is a band at its lowest point, and I, I thought Draw the Line was kind of the low point for them because they were all just so bombed out on drugs at that point in 1977 that you think one of them would die but they they kept on going that album went double platinum then they did night in the ruts which went platinum and then rock in a hard place which which only uh, went gold like it peaked at number 32 um you know it, it's gonna be hard pressed to find any songs on here that are gonna make the the playlist if anyone has a shot it's lightning strikes um but you know inappropriate lyrics aside the band sounds okay. No, they, 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 they again, sound like a very competent band. Um, I, I, I love the Aerosmith parts of it, and the rest of them feel like day players who are trying their best to make an album. Is it kind of appropriate that on the cover of this, they had a, a, a picture of Stonehenge, which automatically uh, reminds me of uh, Spinal Tap? I honestly feel like this is the album that inspires that scene. I don't know the timing of it all, <laughs> but it feels very much like Rob Reiner sees this album is like, yeah, that's going. Because even if you look at the size of Stonehenge on the cover of this album, it pales in comparison to the Aerosmith logo, which makes Stonehenge look like it's two feet tall. <laughs> which, of course, one of the best moments in Spinal Tap is when uh, they had a Stonehenge monument that was... Uh, in danger of being crushed by a dwarf. Corey, I just want to remind you, we are doing an Aerosmith podcast and we're listening to a song that has us talking about Spinal Tap. <laughs> well, you know, they can't all be winners. And I, I, I feel a little bad for putting it on here, but we got to get through these at some point. They can't all be winners, right? So it's on the it's going to be on the playlist for now. Once show 19 happens, though, this may be the first one off. John Mariano, that's Jailbait from 1982's Rock in a Hard Place. And I imagine if we had to ask Steven Tyler, 
his feelings on this song, he would say, A lot of tears. Kind of hard for me. But I'll get over it. I'll get over it. The, the music is fine. Lyrics, not so much. Uh, this is a van, band very much fractured. Uh, Jimmy Crespo was not the magic elixir to bring Aerosmith back to a prominent place in music in 1982. Um, not much you could really say about this one. No, and and I, I feel like I'm knocking it a lot. Like it's still an Aerosmith song. Mm-hmm. I still enjoy it for what it is. I, I can I can knock the things I don't love about it, and you know they're obvious. But there, there are things that I do enjoy, like like the tone of Steven Tyler's voice, right? I can't say I enjoy his lyrics, but what, you know, his singing, I enjoy that. I enjoy the drums. I enjoy the bass. I feel like there's competent guitar in it. And it, like, and by that, I just mean, I'm not going to turn it off. I'm not going to kick it out of bed, but it's not necessarily something I'm going back for seconds on. No. And uh, uh, J- Jimmy Crespo, uh, you know, he's gone on to play with Rod Stewart, Billy Squire, Meatloaf, Stevie Nicks, uh, Rough Cut, uh, acts like that. So very competent guitar player, but uh, not a high point for Aerosmith. Um, it's on the mixtape for now, but uh, John, do you, do you see it lasting very long? No, I, 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 I really, I feel like you've got a couple of tracks on there right now that are going to be like one and dones. Like the, the argument's going to be which one's coming off first. I feel like you might have two tracks on the mixtape right now, but in fairness, you have more tracks on the mixtape. <laughs> I'm curious to think what you think the second track on the mixtape is going to come off pretty quick. I feel like we called that a couple episodes ago, but I, I don't recall because it's been a couple of weeks right now, so I'd have to listen to it when it comes out. Because we do record these like a week or two in advance. When I listen to it, I'll, I'll let you know on Twitter. That sounds good. But that means uh, this is one of my songs that is gone now. Uh, I get to put a new track on there. And uh, last time, John, I said I I threatened next time I put a song on, it's going to be from Honkin' on Bobo. And I'm going to stay true to that. We're going to go with You Gotta Move from Honkin' on Bobo, which is a great underrated album. And this is a great underrated track. I can't wait to hear it. You you know, that that was the other track. It it, it, it was the track I hadn't heard before is the other one that I think is going to be quick off. But I I do feel like I will keep that on longer than JLB. (laughs) <laughs> I, I would have to agree with you like i said the music was fine everything else didn't really kind of work um but I, I think you might be happy with you gotta move out of all the the older blue standard songs they do on honking on bobo uh this is one of the standouts i think i agree all right so john where can the fine folks find you when you're not uh, co-hosting an aerosmith podcast oh you can find me calling calling into ken ken Napsock's pop rock and radio and and requesting songs on on, on his mix cloud you can find him on Mixcloud. Um, he is crushing it. Um, you could probably find me in my neighborhood ordering some Italian food and making some of my own. Um, and also hanging out with Corey, listening to Aerosmith, because that's one of my favorite things to do. Even when the song's not so great. And all I can promise is... This time we're going different. Next week, it's going to be different. It may not be a, a jailbait. Uh, type song you're you're gonna get a good one we still got some great tracks on the on the dice here they include chip away the stone rats in the cellar uh permanent vacation walk on water sick as a dog and new this week you gotta move from honking on bobo uh i can't wait to get into those and uh if you'd like you can follow me on twitter and instagram at cd marset and you can follow my other show uh which is breaking down the entire van halen catalog called and the podcast will rock uh, you can find us uh 
at podcast will rock on twitter and our website www.podcastwillrock.com if you if you like grant halen as much as aerosmith uh, by all means give us a you know check us out uh, there and uh, john geez, another uh, seven days we get to do this again what are you looking forward to next week which one are you hoping for um i'm honestly i've been hoping for a past couple of weeks for permanent vacation um but i will take I, I will take any song off of that die right now because i i love i love five of them and one of them i'm looking forward to hearing the first time and i love all six i i think you're gonna like you gotta move a great aerosmith cover but until then on behalf of john mariano my name is cory morrison and as always we will give the last word to mr stephen tyler so-